I feel like this has got to be a, like an 80s dance, right? Mm. This is 80s music. It's like a boogie. I feel it. I feel it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Shea Station. It's our second PPP. And today we're talking about a very special player that if you're following the Mets, you're definitely familiar with by now. It's the center fielder, Starling Marte. Uh, yeah, Starling Marte. You should be familiar, and we're going to get you an even deeper dive on what to anticipate and, you might say, project one of the Ps uh, for the PPP today for Starling Marte. One of the three Ps, that's the big part there. I mean, Starling Marte, this is a signing that pretty much shocked everybody. I don't think anybody saw the Mets as the clear front runner to land this guy on a four-year, $78 million deal. But, I mean, when it happened, it happened amidst a flurry of other signings, and I think that this was the big one that was the exclamation point of that day of that week. Happened fast. It came fast. Like Marte. That's right. He's a speedy guy. Stole 47 bags last year. Yeah, crazy. That is wild. That is – I think you pulled the stat up on it. (laughs) It's a pretty funny stat. The – the Mets stole uh, 54 bases as a team last year, and Marte himself nearly outdid that total just on his own. So that's a big piece uh, of offense that the Mets have not had, not only last season, but for quite a few years now. I really only think of like Jose Reyes and Eric Young Jr. as the stolen base guys that this team has had in recent memory. I, I have, It's a new weapon that the Mets haven't had since I've been there. Yeah. You know, uh, Jose Reyes of years past. It's something that they just didn't emphasize and didn't care about. Uh, it's something that they put the emphasis on last year, and I think they specifically targeted Marte to steal bags. I think they want him to add that to uh, the speed weapon to the Mets. So it's 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 an exciting one. I'm excited. Let's dig in. Yeah, I mean, so stolen bases are not the only thing that Marte is bringing to the table here. He's been a consistently good offensive player for years and years, and he really is. I think a lot of the the older Mets fans are really going to enjoy Marte because he is a pure hitter through and through, always hitting for a high average uh, in addition to nice OBP and stuff like that. And he has a little bit of pop. It's very sneaky. He hit 12 home runs last year, but he's hit over 20 uh, twice in his career. Always steals a ton of bases, so he's always a threat at the top of the lineup. But his OPS Plus last year, 132, 32 ticks above league average. That's pretty sizable considering the Mets team uh, OPS uh, numbers from last year. He, he had a wonderful season, and he's at age 32. He'll be going into his age 33 season. So that's where you talk about that contract, the four-year. That's a scary prospect for me because you, you give a guy that many years at that age, and speed is one of the weapons. Speed is one of the first things that go when you get older. Right. It's, it's, it's a finite skill that your body can only do for so long. Uh, but he is a physical specimen. He is an absolute freak when it like when it comes to being shredded uh so if there's anybody that can do it it's a guy like that uh so we'll see man i think it's i think they anticipate him being able to do it but four years is a long time to be able to do that yeah so the contract ends when he's what 36 years old not many guys are going to be stealing 20 bases a year at 36 that's so old yeah i know right who could be that old i can't even fathom it but i mean like they're getting a great center fielder in this as well Marte has been an above average center fielder for so long so this is i wanted to talk to you about earlier even pre-show i wanted to get into it but i it slipped my mind i need i don't know how to dig into data i this research on this side of the sports aisle is new to me and i couldn't convince myself that Marte is a plus defender. Okay, interesting. So I know, yeah, we we texted about this a little bit. The main one that I use that some listeners may be familiar with is outs above average because there's kind of different 
analytics you want to use for each fielder. Like infielders, you might not use that stat as much because it's more of a range stat and stuff like that. You want to see how much an outfielder can cover ground. Marte has been positive for pretty much his entire career, and he's only really played center in his career. Uh, a perfect example is Brandon Nimmo, who was negative his entire career up until last year where he took some really serious steps forward, had, I think, a plus two outs above average in center field. He's probably going to be moving over because Marte's been doing it for almost, no, 10 years at this point. Wasn't he in left field when McCutcheon was in center? That's true, yeah, at the start of his career. He has some experience, which is why I dug into the stat anyway is because I looked into Nemo and I'm like, Nemo improved, and he said he wants to play center, and he deserves to be heard. And so I looked into the numbers, and I wasn't, like, blown away by what I saw by Marte. For me, I thought right off the top of my head that he was a great defender, and I was like, look, I'll just see some stats that will be able to back that up. And I didn't find them, probably because I don't know where I'm looking properly. But I wasn't like... Well, the thing that I think about a lot with Marte specifically from last season is that he played in the Coliseum and he played at uh, Miami's Park. Two, the two biggest outfields outside Cavernous of Colorado. Outfields. Exactly. So that's a tough job, especially when you're the hardest outfield position itself. And I really feel like Marte held his own. I mean, he's not—he's by no means a gold glover at this point in his career. Okay. Um, but I still think that it's a vast range improvement to Nimmo just based on pure sprint speed, which he's always ranked very well in throughout his entire career. The last thing I kind of forgot about Starling Marte before we dive into the projections and everything is I forgot how much time he spent in the National League. Yeah. He was so good with the A's that I was like, oh, he's been there for years. No, he was only spent a half a season in the American League. Most of the time he was in Pittsburgh, Miami, Arizona. Um, But he knows the Mets. He knows the other teams in the division. Everything's going to be familiar to him. So I thought that was an interesting piece. I did pull up. I found this very interesting as well. He has actually a decent bit of career numbers at Citi Field because, like you said, he's been playing in the National League forever. He's not a great hitter at City Field just in general, and I know it's like very different when you're, the, when you're the away team and you don't have time to get used to the ballpark and its dimensions and all that. But a 244 hitter, a 648 OPS, only one home run at City Field in his career over nearly 100 plate appearances. Yeah, but that's because he was facing guys like, like us. Of course, well, not yeah. like me specifically. <laughs> I looked it up. I was curious. I was like, oh, I wonder if I faced him because I knew I had faced him at least once. Turns out it was only once in Atlanta in 2019 – and he had a the first pitch of the at bat, first pitch of the inning. I faced him, and he hit it about 645 feet out. And so it's an approximate value. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll check the stat cast, but I think that was pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, so he's got pop, uh, firsthand knowledge of this. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's sneaky pop for sure. I think he averages about 18 home runs a year over his career, just 12 last year. But I mean. I don't think the Mets need him to be that 20 home run guy because he just changes the top of the lineup for them. Nor do they want to. His power numbers, his OPS numbers, his slugging percentage is high, and it's not based off of home runs because he doesn't hit that many. Right. Um, Which kind of surprised me when we did this deep dive. Uh, I feel like he's more of a power hitter, but I like the style that I'm seeing on paper because we have guys in the lineup to do this, so... All right, let's let's get to what he did last year. Yeah, so I mean a little bit more on what he did last year. Um, he played in over oh, he played in just about 120 games. He's done that uh, seven of his ten seasons in his career. Uh, two of them were his rookie year and his uh, 2020 year where he didn't uh, surpass that benchmark. So he did spend some time uh, injured, but Marte is always going to give you about 500 plate appearances, which is pretty reliable, especially with the guy you're giving a four year deal. And this is this is a big year for him. The first year really sets the tone 
for a longer contract that goes into the later years of your 30s. So coming out strong in this first year will be very telling of, I think, how the contract will turn out. I was really interested in the games played because it feels really low. I think that's going to be the template for him to stay healthy because he is older, and I think that's where Nimmo playing center field is going to be a key right, because they right. can give him a day off or let him DH and put Nimmo in center. And he held, he more than held his own. He had a good year defensively out there, and he, and he verbally said that he wanted to. And I think the Mets owe it to the kid to chase his dream of being a center fielder, you know? Like, yeah. he, he earned it. He, he put the work in. And I, I don't think – I don't want this to become a Nimmo episode, but in the same vein, like, Nimmo is going to be hitting free agency soon, and, like, you don't want to make yeah. him unhappy right before it. So I think that you can – Ultimately, Nimmo is a team guy. Right, it's going to be course. about the team. But I think putting him in center and giving Marte time off is a feasible thing to consider – uh, to make your team better. And I think it's a win-win, too, because Marte gets the rest that he probably needs at this later stage in his career, and Nimmo gets the confidence uh, back a little bit in himself and also feels the confidence from the front office and the people making decisions about where he's going to play. I think Nimmo will adapt to a corner outfield position, and I think Marte is going to do a good job. But I think splitting that time is important because Nimmo's a young, spry, athletic guy, and well, that was a nice rhyme. Did you hear that? Spry, I athletic did. I, guy. I smirked. You couldn't hear it, but I, it was there. I was like, <laughs> okay, I, I see you over there, Jolly. So, I mean, the outfield construction is just going to be interesting in general because you also have Canna that can play both right and left, and we'll talk a, a little bit more about him later. Do you want to get into these uh, next season projections? Let's do perhaps? it. Let's look at, his, look at his projections here. The 18 home runs stuck out to me because that's falling in line with uh, his career average there. It's a little bit higher, actually. Um, that's more comparatively to his 162 average. The thing that stuck out to me was the the batting average here. I mentioned before that, you know, Marte is kind of a pure hitter uh, by league standards. He hits for a higher average, which kind of isn't, like, emphasized as much anymore. But he was a 310 hitter last year, which is an incredibly good number, uh, especially with the uh, the league numbers that were coming through early in the season. Not a lot of 300 hitters just anywhere in the league. So I'm curious as to why Fangraphs thinks he might take such a humongous step back in that regard. I think it's because it it falls into what they're going to try to get him to do. I think uh, they're, they're anticipating him getting a little bit older, but also where he fits in and they're, they're not going to want him to chase pitches. And so I, I think that might fall into it, but also his, his averages. I mean, he's, he's a 289 career, you know, coming down from three ten. Hasn't hit below 280 since 2018. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. So, you know, I, I like him to continue to be that kind of hitter and that style. Cause he attacks, he doesn't walk hardly at all either. So they're projecting him. So he had how many walks did he have last year? Last year he had forty three walks and five hundred and twenty plate appearances. That was by far his highest by like ten. So he averages like thirty walks, maybe even less than that. And for a guy that usually either leads off or hits second, you know that's attack. So he, we could have Nimmo at the top who takes uh, a ton of walks, and then right behind him have a guy with speed uh, that likes to attack. And so that's that's an interesting dynamic when you have those two guys at the top and no matter where you fit he's gonna bat first or second right exactly and like I know that like the we talked a little bit about this before but the traditional sense of like steals 47 bags a year why not just throw him at the top of the lineup him and Nimmo achieve different things but when you put them together side by side I feel like they kind of enhance each other a little bit because they complement each other's skill sets like Nimmo is always an on-base threat but Marte is always a threat to put the ball in play and when you have Nimmo on base ready to go I feel like that's a really good dynamic to set up we talked a little bit about that in the Lindor episode, how these two guys could be really good table setters for Lindor to continue rallies because he had good uh, numbers with runners in scoring position. So Marte, I think the approach doesn't need to change. I, I think that he might not be used to not batting leadoff, but I think that he makes for a really good two-hitter 
uh, that can parlay Nimmo's good on Ben Summers into larger innings. I, I would be okay with you know, the deeper I think about it because his speed just plays yeah. differently. And you and Nimmo, I think, tried to be a base stealer and it didn't work out. And so he's not going to clog the bases by any means. But if you put if you put Marte at the front, let him get on base, which he does at a high clip, and let him steal bags, and Nimmo gets on base right behind him, there's a lot of double steals there. And Nimmo's fast enough to, to take Marte's lead. That's a separate skill that he can learn. And I think they could wreak havoc and and put a lot of runners in scoring position for the big the big bats behind them. Yeah, and like I kn- I'm glad you mentioned that Nimmo's not really a traditional stolen base guy. That doesn't mean that Nimmo's not fast. He is very fast. That's why that he's super fast, like sneaky fast. Uh, and that's why they keep they kept trying to to add that dimension to his game. I just don't think it's in there. It's a it's a it's like a niche skill, right? Niche niche. What do you think? Either I think either right niche niche. I think I think niche. Yes, on both, but niche sounds better. Producer Jack. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have questioned it. So, it, like, it's it's like being a loogie, being a really good base dealer. It's something that you have to like have in you ingrained. It's like a, I'll think, uh, I got it better. It's like having a good pickoff move. Mm, okay. Guys that have really good pickoff moves, it's something that they're passionate about, that they have natural ability for, and sometimes you just can't teach it. And I think his ability to steal bases just never reached the, the, uh, him to be able to steal bases at a regular clip, and he's too good to try to make it fit when it doesn't. And so let Marte run. Marte's been doing it for 10 years, you know what I mean? Like, it's so interesting that speed just doesn't translate that way because there's so much that goes into stealing a base other than just sprinting down to second base. It's getting the right lead, getting the right jump, make sure you're sliding on the right side of the bag. And, like, these are things that are just ingrained into Marte's skill set at this point. So I think Marte might be the only guy in the lineup to steal more than, like, 15 bases on the Mets. I think that's a fair assessment. But he's going to soar past that amount, and it's just going to be such a game changer, especially in the times that you know Nimmo can't get on base every single at bat. It seems like he does. He's going to. I think he's going to try to push for that. <laughs> the five hundred OVP. <laughs> yeah, just about. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a lot to like about Marte. I know many fans are worried about the age and playing center field at that age, and rightfully like, so. Will he slow down because he finally got this big deal? Like, is he still going to go put out that full effort? But I, I I don't worry about that as much because I think Marte. One wants to make that deep playoff run. He's played for he's played in the National League for a long time. He's never really had, I think, a deep championship contending run with a team. He was with those great Pirates teams, but this is something bigger that he's a part of now, and he's really the face of the hitters that we've brought in. Absolutely, is I I feel like with the CBA signing and then the the frenzy, he's kind of forgotten. Yeah, and then when Scherzer signed, like people forgot about Marte. He's a great player. He was the cream of the crop. He's one of the top you know, the top free agents, and we signed him super quick because they target him, and I think his skill set is solid defense, high on base, high slugging guy, and steel bags, man. And when he got to the ace, he, like, changed their outlook for the season. Like, when he got there, it was like an instant spark plug. Absolutely. So, I mean, you're going to have that for the full... Catalyst. like that. That was two good words. Niche. Niche. Catalyst. We're just on top of our freaking game oh right now. Oh, my gosh. You want to do our over-unders? Let's do it. We So, yeah, we have a new format. I think this is what we're going to do. So, we wanted to do over-unders, keep score, and see how, like, at the end of the season, kind of tally how we did. Yep. See how much I beat Jolly by. And <laughs> it's always a competition. It is. You. <laughs> this is what we do. Uh, so, he's he picked a random one that I don't know. I picked a random projection that uh he's gonna pick over under and i'm also gonna pick 
And sometimes we're going to have the same, sometimes we're not, and hopefully we have enough different that I come out the winner. Or uh, whoever comes out the winner. I'm just I'm, concerned about the content. That's all. <laughs> not in it And to I'm win. too competitive. Uh, and <laughs> since I retired, it's few and far between. He needs to find to... every opportunity he can. I need a hobby, I think. <laughs> All right, you want to go first or no? This was Jerry's idea. I do want idea. to go first. I do want to go first, and I want it's going to be a little bit different. So I really thought like stolen base would be an easy one to go for because that's a, a highlight of his, and it's fun. But I wanted to do something that I think will be a little bit more important to his health and also his impact on our lineup and team ultimately. So I wanted to go with games played. Okay. So last year in his best offensive year, best year by far, he only played in 120 games. Now, that, is, that was really low to me, so low that I looked it up just to make sure that this wasn't just a fluke, that he got hurt. But what it was, it showed me that this is kind of a trend for him. He averages 128.25 games, and so I think that's a good barometer. So I'm going to set the over-under of games played at 128.5, Okay. and I'll let you go first. So I got to think about this. I, I find it really interesting that he played all 60 games of the 2020 season. Didn't take a single day off. I think that's pretty interesting there. Compared to other seasons, he had 132 in 2019 and 145 in 2018. So he's he's been a workhorse before. But, you know, that's a, that's a few years ago at this point. Only 120 last year. It's still 526 plate appearances. It seems like a lot. But when you miss those 40 games, you know, kind of blocks out the memory a little bit. You don't remember it as much. Um, so 128, you said? 128 and a half. <sighs> so if it's 128, that's the under. I think the Mets will be cautious with him. I think they'll give him time off even when he's not injured just to protect him. I'm, I'm going to take the under. I think he falls somewhere around that 120, 125 range. I, too, am going to take the under okay. and for a lot of the same reasons that you said. So we're in agreement, which is not rare here at Shea Station. Shocking. I think it's for the same reason. I think it's to, to keep him at his peak, at that, that high RPM guy, so he could steal bags and to let other guys get ABs because this is going to be a deep lineup and they want to keep guys active because they're looking World Series. And so I think the under, I, I'm shooting Brett the 123. Um, I think that's about right where they need to be. Uh, and so I'll take the under as well. And it can still be a productive season. If Absolutely. It's not. I think it'll be more productive at that lower level because he'll be so healthy. So we got mine. Now let's see your over-under here. I did go with your initial idea here on the stolen bases just because it's fun to talk about stolen bases as a Mets fan because it's never it just has not been relevant to us in a long time. Same page here. I'm proud of you for that one. So I have it at 40. I, he stole 47 last year, but... It's kind of an outlier compared to the other recent seasons that he's had. Uh, 2020 was 10, obviously less games. Uh, year before that was 25. Year before that was 33. He hasn't done over 40 since 2016 other than last season. So I think maybe something in his game changed or with different teams there was different you know, ideas that uh, those coaches had. But he was definitely more aggressive last year than he has been nearly five years prior. So I think I'm going to take the over. I think that, that side of his game stays the same when he comes to the Mets, especially because... They don't steal a lot of bases as a team. They'll probably put a lot of emphasis on it for Marte himself. You took the over of 40? I took the over of 40. I love that. I love that. That is so many stolen bases. I've seen it a couple of times. Rajay Davis in Oakland. I saw Ronnie Acuna steal in 2019. Almost got the 40-40. Almost got the 40-40. It's so many. Uh, I've got to go the under on this. Uh, I think a lot of it is going to come down to the Mets are going to be contending. 
and they're going to need him healthy. And, and I think they're going to be like, look, let's back it down. Let's not chase a number. And I think 40 is that number that he's, he's it, it's just a benchmark. It's, 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 it's pretty to see in the, in the column. And so I'm going to take the under just to be caution and, and just to play the, the odds here and also to disagree with you. That's fair. We got to disagree eventually. Stolen bases are exciting. They're fun. Like, they're fun, and they have been a lost art, really, on the whole for our game, and I think it's been a, a huge piece that's missing, and I'm so excited to watch this guy play. Like, people devalue the importance of a stolen base, and there is an argument there, but, like, when I'm watching a game, a stolen base is, uh, is fun to watch as a baseball viewer. It's an exciting play. As a pitcher, knowing a guy is a threat to steal a base changes your outlook. It changes your approach. For me, it was very difficult because I'm staring this guy down. I'm reading and I've got like a, a win-lose situation at the plate. And so I don't want him to get in a scoring position because I can give up a single and still keep my team, you know, in the hunt. And so when there's a base runner that's a threat, that's a real threat, even if he doesn't steal, the fact that he's thinking about it changes the game. So there's going to be a lot of young guys called up in the big leagues this year. It's also just the way of the world now. And his ability to steal bases, it's going to be in their heads because they're like, watch this guy. They're going to do throwovers. He's going to get free bags when they throw it away. It's just, it's it's an exciting level of baseball, an exciting element of the game that Mets fans have been missing for a long time, probably since Jose Reyes in his prime. There's been no legitimate threat like Jose Reyes since. A consistent playing speed guy. Yeah, so I'm I'm really super excited because I love that style of baseball, and I hope he gets the over because it's fun. But I believe that I'll come out victorious. I'm going for the fun factor here. You know, uh, I, I respect it. I just I I have integrity of what I really think. Oh wow, so pure. Look at that. He's got. Oh, he's also got the yellow notepad again, and the viewers <laughs> need to see. It's very official. I I literally tried. So I do it. <laughs> Once a month, I try to take notes because I know it's more efficient to do it on the computer, but not the way I do it. And I end up like tangent trying to learn it and it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> and so this is the, the way to organize my thoughts. Old reliable. It is old reliable. And there's, there's two things that make me feel old when I'm around 22-year-old Jolly Olive. One is the fact that I have a Yahoo account email, which I got an audible cackle from him. He's Come like, on, oh, old funny. guy. It, and it's it is. Funny. And I'm sticking to my guns on that. Yeah, yeah. Producer Jack. You're a Yahoo guy? No, oh, he's, saying okay. that's a, that, he, he's agreeing. That's an old guy thing. Yahoo. It's at AOL.com. Oh, no. I, my instant messenger name? No. Uh, I... <laughs> So that is me, and I'm just owning it. I'm going to keep the you Yahoo. You have to own it. And this point. is me, the yellow legal pads. And I feel comfortable, and I, I have all these pens, and I feel it feels good to write things down. So You need the contrast. It would be weird if we were both the same in that regard. A lot of it know? is, dear diary, today Jolly was nice to me. I'm going to write about the Mets today. <laughs> Jolly disagreed with me for oh, so. Yeah, I, this is me, so I'm not going to change me. I'll try. I always try to get better. Like I literally You're adapting, tried. but don't change who you are. Yeah, the legal pads are me. They're a part of my DNA. We got philosophical at the end here. Well, that's what we do. <laughs> We're deep here. You got anything else on Marte? I I'm just um no, just a pure excitement. Just because of like I said, his his style of baseball is really fun to watch and mixed in with all the other personalities and, and styles of baseball that are coming to New York. There's so much like vigor. 
he it's just going to be I'm just so excited to watch the games because we're going to see so many things as a whole that we haven't seen before. Spark plug. Spark plug. That's the one word I'm going to use. Thank you guys for watching. Another one of our PPPs. We'll be back next time with another episode and another player because that's how the schedule rolls. Let's go Starling Marte. Let's go Mets. Let's go 40 stolen bases. Come on, guys. Let's swipe. I'm for it. Have some fun. Really. Have some fun. Came in a little late. It's okay. It's it's all right. (laughs) Better late than never.